God wants you to experience the life that He designed. We can't allow life to kill the dream that we dream. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You will look back on your life and you'll say, man, life is good. The Word of God brings the abundant life into focus and within your grasp. As you listen, open your heart and discover life. Man, I'm so glad you came to church today. You picked the right day to come because Sam is bringing a message from the Word of God today. Well, hold your applause till later, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Putting together a message is a different deal when you don't do it very often. That's what I'll tell you. So, and then you got all you smart people out there. It's hard to, what are you going to say that they've never heard before? You know? You want to try to cut the low end on that a little better? Does it sound okay? Maybe I'm just not used to standing up here, but. <clears throat> well, God is good, isn't he? Is he good to you guys? Yeah? Been good to me. Um, I just want to start out with a couple of things I heard from, from Jesus while I was studying. Um, some of it connects to my message that I'll be sharing, and some doesn't, but I saw God pruning some of you, some of the mature Christians. Some of you are thinking, he's going to kill us? No, I didn't say that. And I also, not talking about age, when I heard, saw I'm a mature Christian, I thought of Christians that have been, you know, there's a fruitfulness in your life. And I saw God just trimming those things, and then I saw a, kind of a focus coming to your life. So in other words, he cuts out the good so that the great can even grow even more. So if, that's, if you feel like that's for you, as I felt that, there's this cutting off of the good for the great to come. More of the great. A focus. Um, I also saw uh, wealth breakthroughs in 2019 are on the other side of intimacy with God. Um, and then I saw baggage falling off and some people wondered why hasn't why can't I get rid of this this maybe it's whatever we'll just call it baggage and I saw it falling off just as you grow you grew in God said in a natural growth God just saying listen that's just a natural growth it'll fall off of you amen so those are things you can grab a hold of grab a hold of it let's pray God we thank you for uh, your word. And we thank you for your son that you sent so that we could um, that we could be in fellowship with you. We're so thankful for your son and for uh, your spirit that come has come and lived in, and lives inside of us and is with us. So we just thank you for the uh, Holy Spirit being here today and um, well, helping me. I, know, I definitely know I need help. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're all like, yeah. I know, I know. Just, just uh, yep. Just agree with me then. <clears throat> There's big shoes to fill on this stage, which is a good thing. Yep, yep, that's right. 
Um, I was thinking, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share, so just so you know, I'm sharing from exactly what's going on in my life, and I've had great success in this area in my life, and, um, <clears throat> and then there's this hunger for more inside of me, and, um, and if you're here and you've been, a lot of you have been saved a long time, let me just tell you, there's always more. God always has more for you. And it would be a great disservice to ever check out of your Christian walk, your growth with Jesus Christ. That would be a great disservice to you and to the world. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, in pursuit of more, and I hope you are too. I was thinking about um, this funny thought. I had this funny thought. I was telling my wife about it, so I'm going to tell you about it. Have you guys ever had this moment where you're, this isn't a spiritual thought, okay, but have you ever had this moment where you run into somebody you haven't seen in a while, and, you know, you got to do the small talk thing, right? You guys are all good Minnesotans, right? So you do the small talk thing. Do I even get a nod on that? Are you all good Minnesotans? Okay. All right. I, I just thought, all right, so you haven't seen him in a while, and so you're like, all right, let's do the small talk thing and then move on. And so you're like, hey, how you doing? And do, are we all pretending we don't do this? We like, hey, how you doing? I don't remember your name, or eh, I don't remember the last time I saw you. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. And then, but a weird thing happens that you ask them how they are, and then they say, how are you? And before you can answer, they begin to tell you about your life. Has anybody ever had that happen? Hey, I saw you went to Florida. Good for you. And your kids are growing up, and they're two and three. I've had this happen to me, so I don't know about you. And they're two and four. Wow. And I'm. And in this moment, I'm thinking, I still haven't said a word. This has happened to me. And, and then they're, yeah, and oh, your wife, she's beautiful. It's so good to see you. Okay, take care. Bye. And then you leave, and you think, oh, my gosh, I'm on the Truman Show or something like that, right? <laughs> like, it's real. The NSA is watching us all. Or was that an undercover cop? I don't know. Is this a setup? What is going on? Am I in candid camera or... You know what I'm saying? Has anybody had a moment kind of like that? It's kind of an exaggerated. And that is what we call social media. Is that right? <laughs> They've just been watching your Facebook feed. And I don't post on there much, but they follow my wife. And so then I run into someone and I'm thinking, stalker. And they're like, <laughs> and then you find out later, like, how does she know all that? And it's, oh, my wife is posting all this stuff. Anybody had that moment kind of like that? So it's called social media. It's the world we live in, right? And uh, another funny thing about social media is a couple other thoughts I had about it was if, if you've ever seen people or maybe you're this person, <clears throat> you invite people out to eat. I, I wish I could show you a picture I have, but you invite people out to eat and instead of fellowshipping with the people that came out to eat with you, you talk to the friends that didn't show up on your Snapchats and uh, chat pats and <laughs> tweets and whatever, you know, those things. Did I say chat pats? <laughs> Sounds bad. Um, but you, have you ever seen that? Everybody's on their phone. The funny thing is my dad criticizes that. And we went out and I took a picture of my dad and my grandpa Dan. And we were out to eat with them. John and me were sitting next to I think it was John. And I took a picture of them. They were on their phones. So we're out to eat. And they're, they're, their face is glowing with that blue, you know. I took a picture of them. I wish I, had, I, wish I could show you that one. But that was funny. Um, 
So there's a crazy thing about social media. You invite people out, but then you talk to the people who didn't show up, right? How crazy is that? But a little crazier is this, and I, I, I am guilty of this, is when you're sitting at home in the same room, and then you're texting each other or Snapchatting each other videos of the same thing in the room. It's like, what are we doing right now? Come on. Like you FaceTime, you're like upstairs, and you FaceTime the person downstairs. Like, come on. Let's just like look down the stairs. And some of that's like has to do with like, the kids are sleeping so quiet. You know what I'm saying? But, but I have seen that way too much in our world. It's like, look up from your phone and talk to the person for beat sakes, right? Uh, I was like, yeah, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> I know. So I, I was looking at some of these social media stats. And I just thought this was a funny picture. <clears throat> and so I started looking up some social media things. And there's this thing called uh, social isolation happening. Um, <clears throat> and the basics of it is, that people are feeling like they're connecting with others, but they're doing it through social media, so they're feeling very isolated because they're really at their house by themselves. Like I saw one lady, she's a counselor, a psychologist. She goes, for whatever reason, I got off work, and I went home on a Friday night, and she's single, and she's like, I, I went right to my phone, and I started looking up all my friends' Facebook accounts, just looking at what they're doing. Instead of just going, hey, you want to go hang out tonight? It's a Friday night. And um, so it's like we're, they're getting that connection through, it's kind of like a fake connection in a sense, right? And so this one other counselor said, fundamentally, a reliance on social media sacrifices quality of interaction for quantity of interaction. So you're, you're getting all this shallow communication but no face-to-face, real conversation happening. Now, this isn't a diss on social media here, because another guy had said, um, if social media is used to enhance your relationships, in other words, if you have real friends where you spend time with them, and then use social media to connect, it, it actually enhances your relationships. But if you just solely use social media as your way of connecting with the world, you're going to feel isolated. And you're not going to have that deep connection. Okay. I don't want to lose you here. But it struck me as uh, our current Christi- Christianity in some cases. And even struck me, me like, oh my goodness, am I doing this? Who knows? Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing can come in the place of you meeting with God on a daily basis. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time, because this is, a, this is very important. Nothing, absolutely nothing can um, take the place of you and God meeting face-to-face. Absolutely nothing. And I was thinking about how Christians now, we have so many options for connection with God. Connection with God. I'll call them platforms. We have church. We have worship services. We have Wednesday nights. We have Bible studies. We have Christian books. We have, um, let's see here, Christian uh, radio stations. Can anybody name any other ones? Podcasts. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. You can listen to as many sermons as you want to. You can just push play on YouTube and just let them keep playing, right? And you can have the, 
you think you're connecting with God. Okay, catch this now, because I, I do feel like this is where we're at a little bit. You can feel like God and you are connecting, but really, you and God are not sitting down face to face in communion. In communion. Are you guys catching that? So in other words, and then we feel isolated from God, like, where's God? Where have you been? Why don't I have, why don't I feel life? Why, where are you, God? We ask these questions. I've heard this question way too much from Christians. And then guess what we do? Let's just throw another platform in there. Let's just listen to another podcast. Let's go listen to another preacher. Let's go find a conference on the other side of the world. Then maybe that'll fill me. No, really, right? So we start to drive around looking for the next good preacher. And God's going, hey, I got life for you. Like, I have something for you, me and you. Amen? Nothing, absolutely nothing can fill the void in your heart, the void that says, I need God. And God is... Right now, I feel like God is, what's the word, beckoning. He's calling his people to say, hey, come, come meet with me. I don't want to just want to say, you know, Jesus wants to reveal his heart to you. There's this great invitation to each one of us believers that God's heart is there for you to see, for you to know what is on his heart. Um. Who knows in Matthew 6, 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread, right? And it's not talking about physical bread, I hope. I think we can all agree on that. A funny thing with that is that, have you ever talked to someone and you, you maybe were sharing Jesus with them and they said, hey, I say the Lord's Prayer every day. Who's ever had that moment? No? Nobody? Okay. All right, well, maybe you should get out there more and talk to people. Okay. Um, <laughs> Because it's actually pretty common. But, well, I say my prayer before I go to bed. Which is funny is, like, think about this. Let's just, Jesus Christ, okay, he leaves heaven. He comes and he spends three and a half years with his disciples, right? He goes through a lot of different things. He gets crucified, Then he goes to hell. He gets tortured by the devil, whatever happens down there. Then he kicks his butt, right? The devil's butt. He rises again. He says, I'm going to send you my spirit. Then he goes and sits with the Father in heaven at the right right hand and says, I'm, and you're sitting there with me, basically. I'm going to send my spirit. And he did all of that. So he did this big thing so that you can say a nightly prayer before you lay your head to on your pillow. Like, come on, let's think about this for a moment. The God of the universe left heaven so that you and I could have another platform so that we can hear a good idea. There's a reason that he just split it all open, came as a baby so that he could show you how much he wants a relationship with you. And I know you know, it's like, yeah, I have a relationship with God. Okay, but God wants a deeper relationship. He does. He really does. I don't want you to miss this today. Let me ask you this question. Can you find yourself in the Bible? Like when you look through the Bible and you see all the different characters, which one are you? It's actually a pretty powerful thing if you can spot yourself. 
because, and I kind of feel bad for the, this is what I'll say. I feel bad for the disciples that were following Jesus, but then Jesus didn't like let them get in the boat with him and cross over to the other side because they were so hungry for more of him. But you could be the, you could be the part of the 5,000 that just want to get their belly filled, right? You could be part of the 5,000 that just came for a good message. Or you could be the one that crossed Jesus' path because you were sick. Or you came searching for him because you wanted a need met. I'd like you to write, if, if you, if you want to write down that question, think about that question. Try to locate yourself because it gives you a little window into where you are with God. And I think we want to find ourselves that we are one of his disciples, the one that are closely following him. And then there's even another level, those that are 12, there was three that Jesus would go, now you three come with me. And then he's like, and you pray. Well, they didn't do real good at that. But hey, at least they were in those that real close knit with Jesus. That's pretty cool. Why don't you turn to John 15 with me? John 15, 15. <clears throat> John 15, 15. If no longer I call you slaves because master doesn't confide in his slaves, now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is the command, love each other. I think this is a powerful verse because it's showing that there's, there is, who knows we do serve God. But I also feel like this is an invitation to come to another step in, a, in your relationship with God. He's saying, hey, okay, let me set this up for a second, because we're going to read in John 15 about the vine here, too, in a second. This is like the last thing Jesus was saying to the disciples. Okay, right before this, um, he washed their feet. And right after he washed their feet, that's when um, Judas Iscariot departed. So our, he cleaned house, like, okay, now these are his disciples. These are the 11 left when he's talking to them. And he looks up and says, hey, I call you friends. And so there was that, and then the next chapter he reads, he, or he starts talking in chapter 16, talks about the Holy Spirit, and then in 17 he, he says a prayer for everybody, all believers. And then in 18 he was arrested and betrayed. So literally this is the same conversation. It started when he was washing their feet, and it just goes on and on, and you can see it. And then he looks at them. So these are his, like, departing words to his disciples, the last thing. And he's trying to encourage them because after this, he leaves the ministry to them. And he looks at him. he goes, hey, I've called you friends because I've showed you everything that the Father has showed me. It's a really powerful verse. And now I want you to go back here in John 15, in 15.3, it says, you have already pr pr been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. 
Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And specifically, when he's saying you can do nothing, I think he's saying you can't produce any fruit apart from me, just like he had said before. And now I want to read this just in one other translation. So catch this, because I feel like we do a disservice to ourselves when we read the Bible and we separate it from relationship. So in other words, we're reading it like it's just a statement. But if you catch the moment of this, Jesus is about to be gone. And he's looking at the people he spent three and a half years pouring his life into. So there's this tight-knit relationship. And if you kind of separate this from relationship, it just feels like a cold, stale statement. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like this other, let me, let me just show you, this was, that was the New Living Translation. Let me read it to you from um, the, it's, a passion, it's called the Passion Translation. I don't know. I just like how they kind of word here. So in, in verse 3, it says, so catch this. Jesus is speaking to those people, the 11 now that are left, and he's, he just washed their feet. And actually, they, he said, now come follow me. So they're actually, they're actually walking towards the garden here. That's it, it, right in end of chapter 14. He says, okay, let's go. Let's get going. So they're leaving the upper room, wherever they were fellowshipping. And now they're walking to the garden. Okay? And so that's at least what it looks like to me. And so now, now listen to how this translation says it. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined with me. I like how, because it, it's adding a relational, relational element to this. Because you, again, we can say, Catch what I'm trying to show you here. I feel like we can go, well, I'm remaining in God. The word remain just sounds like, well, I'm listening to Bible. I'm listening to the Bible on audio. You know, I'm, I'm listening to preachers. Okay, you wouldn't talk like that, of course, but that's me, right? I'm listening to God. Why are you saying remain? Why am I not producing fruit, God? Right, who, who is this? Some social media person, right? God, what? I'm really trying hard. Okay, who is that? I don't know. I'm not making fun of anybody. But it's like, he's, he's not just saying, sit there and do nothing. He's saying, be connected to me. Right? Any women frustrated when their husband doesn't connect with me? Come on. Why isn't he connecting with me? It's funny, I was with some guys and they're like, God, why are women always like wanting to talk? <laughs> I don't know, maybe they want to connect with you. But it's like, I hate to say it, but sometimes Jesus it seems like he could be more connected to women than men sometimes. It's like, well, I just want to talk about the weather and kick some tires here. Let's not make eye contact. That would be awkward, you know, <laughs> right? Okay, all right, I'll move on. Um, but what I like about this is he's saying, live your life intimately joined to me. You, you see what I'm saying? 
We read these verses and we just go, remain in me and you'll bear fruit. Well, I've been sitting here. I've been going to church. I've been lifting my hand in worship. You know, and nothing seems to be happening. And I've been in this like pursuit. I'm like, God, how, at the end of my life, how will I look back? Come on, you all need to do this. It's, it's, it's called going to your funeral, okay? How do I look back on my life and go, yes, I love the life that I lived. Come on, go with me for a second. How do you look back on your life and have the moment, the last breath, and go, oh, I killed it. Like, you know, Olympic who trained all their life, and then they stuck the landing, and they're like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that moment, you can see their excitement in their eyes because they, they paid the price. But how do I, okay, this is, these are the questions I'm asking myself. How do I not work my butt off, not labor in my flesh, not think that I can do it in my own, right? But how do I connect with Jesus and bear much fruit in my life? And when I look back on my life, I'm going to go, yes, not Sam did such a good job because I'm awesome. No, how did I I, I heard God's call. I found my purpose. And I produced fruit. I touched people's lives. I had an impact. I might have touched the nations. Maybe I touched two or three people. But I did what God called me to do. And without relationship in this verse, we're going to totally miss it. Totally miss it. Jesus did not come to start a stale, old religion that we have we have Buddhism, and we have Islam, and we have Christianity, right? And they're all just working really hard to try to please their God. And I know you know this, but I'm saying we fall into this works. We fall into a one more thing we ought to do. And that is not what this verse is saying. Okay, so let's read it. Read it one more time with me. I really don't have much more to tell you. And I know I've said this before. I mean, he still babbles on, but... I really don't have a lot more to my, my sermon than this because I just want to get this point across to us. So verse 3, or we can start in verse 1. And I'm going to read from the Passion Translation just because it adds that little element of feels like relationship. I'm a true sprouting vine. How do you like that? And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you're the branches. As you live in union with me, your source, fruitfulness, will stream from within you. But you, when you live separated from me, you are powerless. You cannot. You are not allowed to bear fruit. If you bore fruit, it's fruit that we burned up. Right? It's worthless because it's not connected to him. It's... It's flesh fruit, right?
I mean, you look at the fathers of our faith. Look at Abraham. Look at David. Look at the types of relationships they had with God. God said, Abraham was a friend. He was my friend. And before he would even show up and do anything on earth, he'd be like, hey, let's check with Abraham first. Like, that's a really powerful picture of a relationship. And then David, we read his Psalms and how, how connected he was with God. And I can't even imagine a better compliment than what David got. This man has my heart. Like, pointing at David and saying, if you want to get, get my heart, look at David. Like, that's a really powerful picture. And so, these are some of the things that we can look at. Go with me with, to one more uh, verse, would you? If you'd like, Second Peter. I should probably tell you what it is. Go to one more verse there. Yep, go there. All right. Uh, do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, those that are in the Spirit will know. Those that are not, you can leave now. I'm not interested in having you here. I, I hope you're catching, though, what I'm saying. I'm not yelling. I, I, maybe I'm yelling, but I'm not trying to tell you you're doing bad or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm passionately going, I really want to bear fruit. And I'm going, how do we do this? You know, how do we do that? And, um, and I've seen fruit from connecting with Jesus. I've actually had a few really cool encounters. Like I've had, um, when I've been consistent with my time with God, I've literally had street addresses, like um, house numbers pop into my head and go, go to this. So I drove around the countryside because it was a country number. I drove around the gravel roads finding the house number and I found it. I went in, there was a person who uh, was sick and they actually were partly lame in their body. And uh, so I started meeting with them daily or uh, weekly actually, praying for them. And they started to have their, their body that one side of their body wouldn't move and their arms started working. And so like, I've seen fruit from this, but it's so easy how we slip into platforms again. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I'm worshiping or I read my Bible, but I got to get going. I got other things to do. And it's instead of connecting with the creator, we connect with a platform, which makes our soul feel good for a moment. And a week later, we're like, oh, I feel so empty. I need one more platform, you know? Okay. I, I think I'm getting this across here, but. All right, Second Peter 1. It's like eating McDonald's. Oh, I regret that. It was such a bad idea, right? Okay. Do, 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 do. Mistake. Okay. All right. uh, some of you know where that came from, but I did not make that up, okay? All right. So 2 Peter 1, let's see here, verse 3. Now this one too, I'm going to read from a couple of different translations, but it says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living godly, a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, and the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share this divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. <clears throat> it says, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to actually jump over to a different translation here quick. Is that okay? 
All right. And then it's going to list a few things here. And um, I don't want us to get lost in that. But we are going to touch on that. Okay. So here in, let's try this translation. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him, who has called us by name and invited us to come in, come to him through a glorious manifestation of goodness. Amen? His goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are in the world. So devote yourself, lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness, understanding. I'm going to just jump through these quick. Strength of self-control, patience, endurance, godliness, uh, mercy toward your brothers and sisters, and toward others, add unending love. And then in verse 8 it says, Since these virtues are already planted deep within you, and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more. So at the top there it says, we've been given all these things because we come into this relationship with Jesus, right? <clears throat> and then it goes through and it lists those things. And it says, these have, these have been put deep inside of you. And this is, I want to encourage you with this. And we can read through these, um, or you can just do it in your own time. But one of the things we, we like to see is we like to see fruit quickly, right? Who knows you want to see it quickly? Okay, come on now. Some of you may, I don't know, maybe you're just so solid. You're like the Terminator. Nothing stops you. You just are going to just do it. You're going to, you know, whatever he does. I haven't even watched that movie. But you're like a robot is what I'm saying. You don't feel nothing. You're just marching along, right? But me. I like to see results. Okay, I, I get really, uh, like, when I don't see something happening, okay? But this is the problem. The fruit that we talked about in John 15, like, you know, touching the nations, impacting other people's life, that fruit doesn't typically come terribly fast when you start connecting with Jesus. Now, I, I, I don't want to put limits on this, but... This gives us fruit that will come quickly. Okay? I'll read it again here. Let's just read this. I'm going to, let me just. So when we come into God, he says he gives us everything we need. Right up in chapter, verse 3, he says he gives us everything we need to live a godly life. Everything. Okay? So you're not missing anything. Everything that goes into life pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally this is the message translation, so if you like that one. Personally and intimately, the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. We were also given absolute terrific promises to pass on to you. Your ticket to... Okay, I'm going to jump, jump down to where it says, So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. Complementing your basic faith with good character. So what this list right here is what you should see immediately when you begin to connect with God. Okay? This is what 
because he says, you've been given all this. And the one translation says, right after he lists this, he says, these have already been deposited deep inside of you. So you, you were not trying to get good character. God already deposited that inside of you. Read, read it again now. And then it says spiritual understanding. You have the spirit of the living God living inside of you. You don't need to gather spiritual understanding. It's inside of you. So these are things that will immediately begin to work in your life. And it's not like it's one, you know, you could see it like it's building on each other, but they're in there. It's like as you begin to put your roots deep in Jesus, you hear me? As your roots go down deep, you're beginning to soak up everything that God's put inside of you. The nutrients you need. He's saying, don't waste a minute on this. I'm going to tell you one last thing with this. Don't waste a minute on this. Begin complementing your faith with these things. And you don't have to try. But these are, when you connect with Jesus, you begin to have character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, generous love. And they're fitting, they fit and develop with each other, this translation says. They're growing in your lives. Now, down... I'll switch over here quick. Down below it says, um, in chapter 9, it says, But if anyone lacks these things, he's blind, constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence. For this, for his past sins have been washed away. So it gives this idea that when you connect with Jesus, if you don't start building on it, in other words, if you don't continue to dig in, okay, it's very simple. Keep meeting with God daily. Keep getting his daily word. Keep getting his daily word. The Bible is telling us that you're going to begin to immediately see these things happen. And what these would be is the roots to your tree, right? The fruit is what people are going to eat from. The fruit is what people are going to see in the open. But this is what we're, we're growing when we're spending time with God. And immediately you're going to begin to see these things. But here, let me give you a little trick or something that I'm seeing in this. Is It says that if you don't build on these things, if you don't begin to grow these things in your life, that's not your job. It's your job to connect with Jesus. If you don't begin to grow these things, the person that lacks these things, he's blind constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries. And he forgets that his past sins have been washed away. So it's like, if you, if you don't grow, if you don't grow and mature as a believer, guess what happens? You forget your sins are washed away. You forget that you've been freed from your past. And it, pulls, it kind of pulls you back in and you're like, God, I met with you one time. What's wrong with me? I mean, what's going on? Where's the fruit? Right? And it's deep inside of you, but as you begin to pursue Jesus and you begin to spend that time with him, your roots are going down. And God would never let you grow up if you're not growing down. It's a com I mean, it's common sense, and we know all this, that you're going to tip over, Right? So God's not going to let that happen. So he's going, hey, as you grow down deep, as you get into my word daily, as you spend that time with me, when you and me meet face to face, 
Your roots are going down and immediately, hear me out, if you want immediate fruit, this is what you're going to begin to see. You're going to begin to see your character. You're going to see spiritual understanding coming forth, right? And we can, we can read through it. You, and I encourage you to, to look at this. You're going to start to see self-control. Some of these things may take a decision too, but you're going to start to see these, op- these opportunities for patience to come, come to you, right? Oh, I get to be patient right now. Oh, good. But there's a grace with this because you're connected to the source, right? There's godliness. There's mercy towards others. And we begin to have this fruit that's growing inside of us, that's been deposited in us. We're not, we're not gaining this. This is in us, and we're beginning to pull this up with our roots because we're going down deep every morning. We're, we're, we're connecting with Jesus. Or throughout the day, we're, we're aware of him, and we're, we're growing in him. And then suddenly, guess what happens? A sprout comes out of the ground. And someone goes, man, when I just get around you, I, I just feel life. And then that thing begins to grow even more. And then other people are like, man, I just, I just, I need what you got. Can I get, can I spend time with you? And then that grows more and more and your, your roots are still going down deep. And that thing is sprouting up. And pretty soon inside you, you have great character. You have great spiritual understanding. And you know it because you can feel it. And in the morning when you're connecting with Jesus, you're going to be like, this feels like the fruit. And you're like, nope, that's not the fruit. But it feels like the fruit because you're getting fed. You're, you're getting fed. You know what I'm saying? And so you're going to feel like, man, this tastes good. This is awesome. Man, what have I been doing all my life? Why, why haven't I been getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and spending time with Jesus? Who's ever felt that? Who's ever had that moment? Come on. Do I have to dig back, way back, or is this a daily thing for you? You're getting up every morning, you're like, man, I'm glad I did that, right? And if it's been a while, do you remember that moment when you connected with Jesus, and you're like, why don't I do this every morning? Can I get a wave on that even? Anybody had that moment? Okay, all right. Like, it's like, why don't I do this more often? (laughs) And as we, we stick at it, we're immediately seeing the fruit in our own hearts. Our hearts are p- being purified. Our, we're remaining in the word, and the word is purifying us, right? <clears throat> I, I, the, the, the one picture in the Old Testament that's coming to me is, I've used this before. I'm sorry, I, I spoke a little bit. Went, time went fast. I hope you got something, but the picture was Enoch and I, I've used him in the past. I studied, I studied a little bit on him. It's Genesis 5, 22 through 24. And, and the verse is, Enoch walked with God, and he was, Enoch walked with God, and he was normal because God took him. That was verse 24. But I started looking at it, and it kind of frustrated me. I'm like, why aren't we saying more about this Enoch character? Because it seems kind of important that he just disappeared, Right? <laughs> Like, I, I don't understand. You just took him? Like, why? Can you just take me? I don't know. I, is there a key to this? And, I, and it doesn't really tell us why, but it, it started, it, that was really a moment in my life where it stirred this passion because I started looking into it. And one of, the, one of the translations says continual fellowship. That Enoch had continual fellowship. That's what the word walked. And another, 
another, if you look at those strong concordance, it's continual conversation. Right. So Enoch was spending his days continually talking to God, constantly connecting, constantly having this um, awareness of God there. And not just like, well, I know God's there, but he was literally speaking to him like a friend every day. And I, I just imagine, this is how I imagined it after looking it over and kind of thinking about it. And it's like, I feel like God was like, you know what? We're such good friends that I don't like this natural barrier we have here. I'm just going to yank you to heaven so we can spend eternity together. Like, that's, that's kind of how I saw it happen. Like, why would he just take him, you know? And his son, Methuselah, was actually the person who lived the longest on the earth. So it's like the life of God. You could see it in his family, and it, and it actually, his son was the longest living person recorded on earth. It's kind of cool, right? Kind of cool? All right. But it, it, it's, I just want to encourage you in 2019 that, you know, I know some of you are, you're spending that time with God, but I want to encourage you that there's dimensions of God that he still has for you. Amen? Amen? There's deeper things, and so you go, but and make sure you don't make it a platform, you know? Don't make it a platform. Make it a real relationship with Jesus. And that, I guess that's the cry of my heart this year. So can I ask the band to come, come forward? I, I had a couple more stories of, uh, of uh, in the Bible there, but... When I was, I'll just mention this while the band's coming. Is Second Kings nine? It's about Jehu. I don't. I think that's how you say his name. But um, it was when Elisha had gone to heaven and Elijah was there. And this was Ahab and Jezebel were. If you know, if you know the Bible history, they were kind of kings. They were ruling the area. And Elijah told. Jay um, told one of his prophets and says, Elijah went to one of the prophets that he was training, basically, and said, hey, go find Jehu and tell him he's anointed to be king. And that's all he said. And then run out of the room. That's what Elijah told the prophet to do. And so he went to, the, the part that I don't quite understand is that the guy, so he goes and he goes in the room and it's Jehu and these other commanders. And he says, uh, I need to talk to you, commander. And this is just a picture and he goes, okay. So they go into this room, and it says they go into a, a secret room or like a, a room to themselves. And the guy tells uh, Jehu what Elijah had said. And it's, a, it's like God speaking to him. And he dumps oil on his head, and he says, you're anointed to be the next king. He doesn't just say that. That's why this is the part that puzzles me. He goes, and you're going to kill Ahab and all of his, and all of his uh, descendants. He had like 70 sons in a city and you're going to kill Jezebel too. And uh, he goes on to say something very like, and the dogs are going to eat her flesh when her, her body splatters on the ground. It's like really graphic. And you're like, I think he is pretty upset with Jezebel and he haven't made that up. But anyway, um, I, that's the part I don't understand. But, uh, and so then, but he runs out of the room and Jehu stands up and there's, he kind of has a little banter with the other guys, and then they go, all right, let's go do this. And like in one day, and there was a real dark season for Israel and Judah, in one day or a couple days, 
All of Baal worship was totally flattened out. Jezebel was dead. Ahab was dead. All of his relatives were dead. And God was in charge again. God was ruling in their, in their land. And he gives this picture of someone who will step in to a secret place and hear God's voice. And God will anoint you in that secret place. He will give you your purpose. And then it's time for us to act. Amen? It starts in that secret place. Can you just stand right now? If you caught anything, I just want us to be connected to Jesus. I want us to be connected to the vine. If that's your desire, could you just raise your hand with me right now? Jesus, we just asked for 2019 to be a year of fellowship with you. Come on, if that's your desire, just come on, just lift up your voice. Jesus, we just want to be connected to you. Whatever that looks like, God. Whatever that looks like for you. God, if it's early in the morning, if it's if it's at night, whatever it is, God, we just, God, I just ask you that you begin to draw us in 2019 to a greater relationship with you, Lord. God, we know you have more for us. God, if if we're called to be a worshiper, God, I just ask that we would begin to be worshipers in 2019, Lord. God, if we're called to preach, God, let us be 2019 preachers. God, if we're called to be missionaries, God, we just ask that you would help us step into that role, Lord. As we begin to meet with you, Lord, you begin to open the purposes of God for in our, in our hearts and in our minds, Lord. In Jesus' name. Let's just sing this song together. song we could ever sing and worthy of all the praise we could ever bring and worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Oh, Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Oh, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Beside you, open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those
song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Sing Jesus the name. Oh, Jesus the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you. Sing holy. In holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those. Sing holy. In holy, there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those I will build and I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and I will put my Sing it out, sing it out. And I 
holy. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those of Sing holy again. Inside you, open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. know that God's goodness in 2019 is going to draw you. Typically, it's all we got to do is say yes to God. His goodness, His favor will begin to draw us, begin to have moments with God in His presence. God does nothing apart from His presence. If you feel like you're in dead religion, and you feel like you're a stale, you're in a stale relationship, that's, God has something more for you. I've heard so many people say, well, I'm just in the desert season. One couple told me one time, we've been in the desert season for 20 years. We haven't heard God for 20 years. I said, that is a lie. There's water even in the desert. You just got to go down deep enough. Come on. God did not put you in the desert season. They were supposed to be in the desert for three days, and they were there for 40 years. You are not supposed to have a dry life. The Bible says that Psalms 1 You'll be like trees planted by a river, the river is from heaven, and you will bear fruit in every season of your life, every season. That is God's plan for your life. And sometimes we don't see that fruit, but I'm going to just tell you, it's, it's about your root system. And the last thing I want to say, because I didn't clarify this, I didn't say platforms were bad. I said they're supposed to enhance the relationship you have with God. Everybody catch that? Okay, all right, all right, I want to make sure. Well, we don't need worship, we don't need anything. It's just like, no, we, we, these are good. It's good to have relationships with each other. Absolutely, but without God, the relationship, the connection with God, it becomes dead works. Wow, why don't I just say that and end it, right? All right. <laughs> um, prayer, is there prayer counselors here? If you would come up. I, I just heard a testimony that a couple, uh, I mean, I'm just, maybe I'll let her say it, but that there was a healing a couple weeks ago. Did we already hear that testimony? My mom said, okay, I'll just say it. My mom said her back, she was going on her trip and she's like, I got to find a chiropractor. Well, it was all kind of closed on a Sunday. And so she got, she's like, well, I'll get prayer. Came up prayer. She says she's been on her trip and hasn't had a single back pain. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
So God, we thank you for miracles in 2019, Lord. We thank you. It started off right. So God, we we just ask you for miracles in this place. God, for signs, wonders, miracles, healings, Lord, in our lives, physically, emotionally, marriages restored. God, we thank you for all these things in 2019, Lord. And God, you're going to get all the glory for it in 2019. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the praise in Jesus' name. So if you need prayer, we we just had a miracle a couple weeks ago. So you better get your butt up here and get your miracle, all right? <laughs> all right. Um, we have fellowship in the back. Anything else? All right, you're dismissed. Thanks for coming. And I want you to know that He can give you today a new future. We hope this message has been a blessing to your life. A copy of this message and additional Destiny Church materials are available at destinychurchexit77.org.